massive weekend in sport altogether, Australian-wide, AFL-wide, and internationally. John Katz v Collingwood. It was meant to be a close-ish semi-final. Any team in the final turns up, let alone a semi-final. A 68-point win to the Cats, 100 to 32, which could have been a lot more if we really wanted to push the button in the fourth quarter there. Zach and I are with me, the three-peat, the big three. How are we, guys? Good, Mark. Good, thanks, Ro. Very excited to discuss this one. Very excited indeed. It's been, a, it's been a good weekend. It's been a great couple of days. Good things to shout out. Oh, wait, that doesn't say Rondo. No, congrats to, to LBJ and the Lakers. I'm a Celtics fan, but appreciate greatness there. 68-point win, Zach. Yeah, we talk about the five, ten minutes that starts the game to set the tone and the most important, send clearances there, sustain the enough forward 50 conversion if we can within those times. But this wasn't the first five, ten minutes. Yep, we scored within then. The second quarter, it just continued. And once it hit 40 points, then you're just sitting back in your armchair. And we were actually texting during the match, Zach, at some point while watching it. It got that relaxed and that just happy. We'd already knew, yep, awesome. We're through to another preliminary final. Yeah, no, it was a great game. The boys were just hard at it early and absolutely smashed Collingwood, really. I mean, people are saying they resemble witches. For me, they didn't even resemble anything near a VFL team, all due respect to them. They were just absolutely pathetic and just... My favourite um, image of the entire game and actually going in, back into work today for the first time in months, my principal and boss, who's a Geelong fan, smart lady, therefore, had in, I think, a one-size paper, one of the pictures of Eddie just sitting slouched up in the chairs, looking like a sooking little preppy there. So that was just the highlight for me watching him. He was just burning. So Collingwood can go home and, yeah, they can get stuff. Great game. <laughs> well, well put. Now, um... Yeah, now I think one of my favourite uh, takeaways from the, the game was just the fact, you know, there's a few funny memes doing the rounds and, and this sort of thing on the internet after the after the game, as, as you'd expect. And uh, one in particular just stood, stood out for me and it was uh, one of these uh, online gaming reference type ones, you know, like your Xbox Live or something. Um your opponent and the uh, yeah, opponent has left the match, so it's basically yeah, it's basically as if Collingwood just rage quit. <laughs> you know, midway through the second quarter, that it's like, yeah, we're, we're out, we're annoyed, we we can't do anything. You're just dominating us, and the you know the score at one point is what like seventy to six, or it was sixty to six, and then like. 70 something to eight. So I was hoping at one point that we could get to a hundred point margin. But um, in the end, I thought it's probably cold comfort and probably not worth it because it's just a semi final and it'll end up, you know, we'll end up in the same situation that we were in last year. It doesn't really matter about the margin, it just matters about winning the game and then getting to that next stage. And then ideally in the next game, conquering that as well and taking it another step further overall we've done all we can do and you know there were no injuries or anything and standout players 
were the, the types you would expect to stand out. So it's good. Most things are looking decent. I'm surprised you didn't raise Sam Simpson as your favourite thing of the night. Oh. His first half was, as the name suggests, you know, Silk. Some of his balks and, and, and moves. And, you know, like, you know I've been, yeah, I, I'm, I'm someone to sing his praises and I've been someone, you know, in his camp for, for a little while. So nice to see him get a chance and, you know, show what he can do in a big game and show that he has poise and temperament and most of the things you would expect of a, of a player that's trying to make their name in the team. Yeah, amazing performance from the Cats, but it's also a really hard one, Zach. When we've talked about this, not in a final sense, but in a home and away sense towards the end of the season in recent years, when we've played the likes of Gold Coast in round 22 um, at Cadenia Park, and it's just been a blowout. And we, at that time, we've had good performances leading into finals. You win by a good 60, 70, 80 whatever point margin, it's really hard to judge how well we performed or how good our system was because Collingwood were that bad that it's hard to describe in words when a team doesn't turn up at all. With the quality players that they have, I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse here because finals are relevant of that. Whoever, you're, whoever you are, you're selected to play, you're fit to play, you're an AFL-level player, you have the ability to create chances. You have the ability to create moments. You have the ability to change the game. And it was amazing to see a group that includes, you look at the back line, and this was talked about after the game by Nathan Buckley that going on into the future, they look like, they, that internally, they think their back line is set. And that consists of, yeah, Maynard, Darcy Moore as well, AA, uh, IQ coming through. He'll be a really good player down the line. Jack Crisp, Roughhead, Chris Main off the halfback line as well. Imagine to come back to that as well. They've got some seasoned professionals there that have been out for 2020 that will hopefully look forward to coming back in 2021. Up forward, we, we talked about this, that the story was they haven't had Mason for a lot of the year, and now they've got Mason and Majek, so it's a perfect opportunity for Dugowie, for Josh Thomas, Hoskin Elliott, Jamie Elliott, whether it be Dacos or Stevenson, and some of the midfielders to, to push forward. Didn't happen at all, apart from once with Jamie Elliott in the first half. Once. And then in the midfield, Greenwood, Stevenson, Pendlebury, Taylor Adams, Adam Trelaw, and a beast Brody Grundy in the rock. Not the finest 2020 campaign. But on paper, those names are right there compared to what turned out in the game. the game. It's just so hard, Zach, to analyse this one at, at all. Because, well, do we shout out, you know... Oh, well, Mitch Duncan had an amazing display with 30 disposals going at, I think, over 85% disposal efficiency. 
shout out Danger's forward role where he pretty much most of the time exclusively played forward. Shout outs Hawks comeback to to form. Shout out so many players along with the system altogether. Or is it a case that it's a really like it is a around twenty three Gold Coast type match that was played in finals. No, look, at the end of the day, it's a final. But, I mean, you, you give Geelong credit. I mean, they, they played an outstanding game. I was really happy to hear on Footy Classified the other night, I think it was Craig Hutchson, a bit late to the party, but finally saying, well, gee, Mitch Duncan, what a great player he is, you know, caught in the shadows and maybe people in front of him. So glad to hear, I think, that he's finally getting some recognition. I mean, the members acknowledge him and internally he's highly rated. But like I've said many times, I don't think we'll appreciate him fully as a community until he retires, which is quite sad, but just brilliant player. But no doubt for me, the biggest standout was just how poor Collingwood were, which was great to watch, but they were just absolutely pathetic. And their their mindset wasn't in the right place, you know, the old cliche. And I, I think it's spot on. They played their grand final last week. I mean, it was a great effort to win in Perth. And we spoke about that, but they'd used all their petrol tickets there and you know, Eddie's worried about what shorts they're going to wear in the jersey and all that nonsense, which speaking to a few people in the club this week saying that supposed handshake agreement, he's got hundreds of them supposedly, complete load of BS supposedly. No one has heard of such a thing or acknowledges such a thing. But if he wants to worry about shorts, let him. It didn't matter because his team had their short pulled down at the end of the game, so it didn't really matter, did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that's right. That. I think I think the main thing to to take away from the game is yeah how bad was it was it Collingwood being really bad or was it us making Collingwood really bad I think it's a combination of both of course I mean DeLong's disposable efficiency for most of the game was in the 90s at one point it was 92 percent I mean is that DeLong just being super clinical and and not not missing targets or is it also just a ridiculous lack of pressure from Collingwood. Yeah, but you look, Collingwood, are, they're clearly fatigued because Brody Grundy in years gone by would ruck an entire game by himself, but Collingwood have got a junior ruckman to come in to give him some respite and relief. So yep. they were a fatigued team. And, yeah, like I said, they used up all their petrol tickets the week before. There's no doubt about that, just watching the game. Yeah, and we just took advantage of it, I guess. That's, and that's all you can do. You reference Grundy there. That's the that's one of the two areas, or the key areas where they beat the Cats in the hitouts department. I think it was thirty-seven to nineteen off the top of my head. I'm not looking at any stats right now, so I could be wrong. And also, I think the tackles department were something like forty to thirty-six. But then again, tackles inside Ford fifty went to the Cats. So yeah, it that speaks to the intensity, the energy and the forward pressure and that the pressure throughout the game went through the Cats. Disposals, Cats won, inside 50s, Cats won, disposal efficiency, inside 50, inside 50 efficiency, clearances, contested and uncontested possessions. We had less turnovers, more tackles inside 450 marks, contested marks, one percenters, pretty much every single key stat box you look there, apart from the hit-out department, and we smashed it. And even then, as you, as you said, Zach, Brody Grundy, he was completely nullified. Because you can – we've talked about this all year, whether the tap Ruckman is 
yeah, crucial in today's game. And we'll probably debate it going into 2021 in maybe a different format when it goes back to 20-minute stoppage time quarters. But right now, I guess the proof is in the pudding over the last couple of games. Really, really interesting one. The good thing is for the selectors, though, that a massive tick said earlier, oh, the first half of Sam Simpson. Because we were looking at this, Tom Atkins getting dropped. Did not expect that at all. Maybe another defender because we're quite tall down there. We've got nine defenders in our squad and they're all reasonably tall. I mean, Mark O'Connor can play on a, on a medium or a small. Medium tall, if you like, or a small. Same, similar to Dead Buttes as well. So that was probably the the talk that we had along with Asava potentially or um, Jenkins coming in. Good thing now is that I guess well, continuity, you don't change the lineup. Is it simple as that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the general consensus with most of the fans as well. They seem pretty um, happy with the, with the lineup and, and it seems settled and, and perhaps Simpson gets a stroke of luck in the sense that he has just, Happened to come in at the right time and being fit at the right time and hit some form at the right time. Um, and Dante for the silk. And now you're just saying it's luck? Oh, I mean, I mean, well, look, he's no doubt he's earned the, the, the opportunity. But, you know, you do need some, some luck to go your way on occasion. Did you get on the, uh, yeah? Yeah, I. He'd, he'd be in consideration for, for such a, a squad as the Croon squad, which is what uh, Roe was showing me there. Now, um... <laughs> I sometimes think that we're releasing this as a podcast and audio and no one's actually seeing what we're doing. <laughs> awesome. Destroying Collingwood off by halftime so we could just sit back and just watch Glorious football in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter did take the foot off the ground a little bit, as was needed. Reese Stanley came off the ground for a little bit, which was a worrying sight when I saw that. So jarred his knee in the final term, but back onto the ground. Zach looks all good to go against Brisbane this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, Reese Stanley's going to play this week. He's going to play this week. And to his credit, Reese, I mean, the, I've been a critical of our rucks for a while. I think he's had a, a, a really good two weeks. He's been really mobile, pushed forward, kicked a couple of goals, clunked some marks. So I think he's hitting form at the right time. He's done a really good job. Yeah, he was he was more than serviceable last week. No, he was solid. And good ruckman to play against. You know, Brody Grundy, a bit tired, a bit flat, but the star ruckman. Nonetheless, Scott Lysett, no pushover as well. So he's proven himself proven himself against two good ruck in the last fortnight. So with three, that is pretty much in the, the whole Geelong AFL squad. Cocky, who wouldn't have even been in consideration for finals. Nathan Kruger, who wouldn't even been in consideration for finals. Cocky's likely leaving as well, so no biggie there. And then... Jack Stephen, which actually, in a strange way, helps us massively when it comes to the selection table come finals, because he probably or potentially, if he was fit, maybe 
Sam Simpson wouldn't have got the opportunity. That's up for debate. Well, I mean, we've, it's pretty clear how 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 um, Zach has been known to feel about Stephen in in the past, and it's pretty clear how I feel about Sam Simpson at times. But yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right because you you know in in most instances you would back the experience. Of a, of a bigger body and, and that sort of thing over uh, the dare of a of a younger player. This and, this but but they've but they've not had the opportunity to do that because the older player is injured. So they've just yeah. kind of rolled the dice on Simpson a little bit. But he's also been good in the scratch matches of, of late, so he's deserved the spot. Been awesome and relatively new back to the scratch matches as well. Just after the hamstring injury so i'm not promoting that jack stephen should have been selected or should be selected if he's fit after his season this year at all and when you have have tom atkins potentially at your disposal yeah use them for me however it just from a selector's point of view if it wasn't us on the panel if (laughs) if it's not us three talking if it's whatever's going on in the match committee then it, it may may have raised conversation that may have been a selection on maybe speculating at, at straws there. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, because because the, the the fact that Simpson was even included, as you said earlier, the fact that he's, Steve, uh, sorry, Simpson was even included was a left field selection. We didn't anticipate Atkins being dropped at all. So that was interesting. And we, we were we were thinking, where's the winning score coming from? Are we going to kick a, a, you know enough goals to win? Turned out that uh, we did more than that. Is it worthy, Zach, going on about individual performances here at all? Do we even bother to shout out some of the defence? Do we even bother to shout out midfield players or the forward line? Or is this a case of 22 players did all their role jobs? So, yeah. It's a team. It's a team. Oh, I mean, it's always a team effort. But, yeah, for a game like this, you've had you've had pretty piss-weak opposition. You've won the final, which is great. No injuries. Everyone's done their job. Move on next week. You've got bigger fish to fry in Brisbane who aren't going to give us that sort of space and that sort of time. And we're going to have to up our game to another level for sure. Yep. Or, or yeah, at least keep it at the same. Because we, we may well have been keep, we may well have had it at a high level and Colleen would just couldn't keep up with us at all. And they were never Always going so. to keep up with us because they just had spent all their petrol, as you said. You always got to go up to another level. I mean, a qualifying final is a certain level. You got a semi, you're on the rebound there. But I mean, you got Brisbane at home. They're going to have most of the crowd there. That's right. A bit like Port Adelaide qualifying final. You always got to step it up. So That's right. That's right. We're going to keep it red lined, I guess, for the rest but of the you, year. And just see how we you, go because you, we know we've been in this position before. You want a tough preliminary final, though. I always reckon 2007 typifies that. You look at Port Adelaide absolutely belted North Melbourne that year and their final, and yet, you know, Treadway looking like a fool, bowing all over the place. I mean, it was just, it was beyond farcical. 
And then we played Collingwood, just scraped over the line. Really tough game, a great game, but a very tough one. And then you saw what happened the week later. You'd, you'd much rather have a tough game against Brisbane, hard to beat at home, and then you just got to hope that Richmond and Port Adelaide just knock, knock each other all over the place and just hope that that's going to be a, a bit more of a tougher slog than what our game is. Yeah, I mean, fall over the line and hope for no injuries and hope the same for the other um, game and, and if we make it, we make it. We've got one more game to win if that's the case. We've got to make it. You've got to play on the edge of it in a prelim as well because you've got you know, there's no second chances anymore and, you know, this is the grand final and you got, you know, you're playing for Gary Ablett in theory, probably Harry Taylor as well, you know, two champs of the club, you know, you'd love to get them to a granny at least, hopefully see them off with the flag or at least a grand final appearance. So you've got to, all all bets are off now. You know, if things are getting tough, you know, you'd think Scott would be on the phone, get Simpson in the middle, let him cut loose. He could be the game changer role. You never know. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, look, some of his look, some of his steps. I know that the pressure probably wasn't there, but you know, early in that first quarter, he he did he did do a good job with with some of the um with some of the movement and some of his decision making and foot skills is good, as is most of the team. I mean, we know that uh, Ablett's first couple of touches were got were direct goal assists, so. That's uh, par for the course from Gaz. I can see old, if we are fortunate enough to make the granny, I can see old down at the tab getting on Simpson for the Norm Smith, whatever odds that'd be paying. I reckon I'll be having to do it. That would be a hell of a, hell of a bet. <laughs> it'd, uh, be, it'd be a brave man to do that. But look, if it came off, now it's in your mind. It'd be a very happy one, especially if they win as well. You laugh now, you'll take your pay packet, wander down. Oh, that's a nice return. We'll just slip a 50 in there, see how she goes. Why not? Let's go. Campbell <laughs> responsibly? Of course, yeah. Moving on to the upcoming preview of the prelim. Catherine, another prelim. For better or for worse, we'll say. For better or for worse. <laughs> However, the Gabba. Oh, the Gabba. It's become our home away from home. And yes, we're playing Brisbane. So their home ground, not to a T. But aside from Brisbane, we have played that ground better than any other opposition this season by far. We have loved it there. Now, I just want to take a step back. So finals, whether it's you progress straight through uh, qualifying to a prelim or you've got to go the um, unfortunate way of playing another game and pulling the pants down of Collingwood or you do it the Western Bulldogs way and just play through each game's elimination. Four games, two to go, eight quarters. So two games ago, we did the preview for the qualifying final, which was either at that time of recording we were either we're completely in the blue here, but at the time of recording, we were either playing Port Adelaide or Brisbane, and we didn't know who it was going to be. And we were all talking about who our preference was. Ol and I both said on the record Port Adelaide we'd rather play in the qualifying final. 
one, because we've smashed them at Adelaide in front of their own fans by 10 goals. So we've already dealt with them in a, in a way. Why not based on that? There was one major dissent from one individual on the panel here who wanted Brisbane at the Gabba. So, Zach, this is... A, yeah. We've passed the, the qualifying final. We've skipped two games. We've got what you wanted. Yeah. Came away from a granny. Yeah, and we're, we're about to be proved right. No, I'm about to be proved right, gents, in a couple of days' time. Look, every, everyone's all on board, Brisbane. You know, this would be a... Oh, it'd be so nice, you know. They've come back from the wilderness, you know, to be a such a fairy tale for them to get in, you know, the footies up in Queensland. How good would it be for the state? Well, have we not heard about someone someone who wears number four that's about to retire? Have we not heard someone who wears number seven at Geelong that's probably going to retire? Maybe one or two others. We've got just as many fairy tales as Brisbane do. And look, these are a bunch of kids who deserve to win over Richmond. Don't get me wrong. I love watching them beat Richmond. This is uncharted territory for them. They're going in as favourites. They're playing at home. They're going to have the crowd. All the expectations on them, apart from Grant Birchall, who's come from Hawthorne, they really don't know what, what they're going to experience, what it's going to be like. So, as I said against Port, we need to get out there and intimidate these guys and really hope that our experience of prelims, which we have a lot of, will come in come into the play. I don't think the crowd's going to matter quite as much as it as it did in Adelaide. But like I said two weeks ago, I think playing Brisbane at the Gabba ground that we play well, a team that's going to be a bit nervous, I think, particularly if we can get off to a good start, I think this can play right into our favour. Yeah, you, you raise a good point because you know that their uh, kicking is suspect at times. But they are a, a you know, run-and-gun style team. So uh, we're going to have to be mindful of how quickly they move the ball. But they're going to have to take their chances. So are we, but you know, there's going to be added pressure for sure for them. But they're, they're very much a confidence-based team. Like you look at Eric Hipwood, he's a good young forward. Now, if he, a bit like oh, someone, even Cameron Mooney for a while, Matthew Richardson, players like that, Billy Brownless, even if they slot the first one or two, where you think, oh, he's going to have a good day, he's going to kick most of them. If he misses the first one or two, he's probably not going to have a good day. So take the crowd out of it, get off to a good start, put them on the back foot, things can change pretty quick. And they're a young team, as I said, that this is completely uncharted territory for them. And I love it that we're not favourites. Someone said Geelong should be favourites. Well, I'm glad we're not. That's just yeah, that's just going to heap more and more pressure onto them and that'll just play right into our hands for me. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to a few people and they seem to be pretty happy that Geelong isn't the favourite and that Geelong... Well, they, they seem to attest to the fact that Geelong seems to play better when they're not favourites. So, um, you know, when there's a little bit of that pressure off off of them. So, when we're the when we're the hunter rather than the uh, hunted, we tend to go all right. Twenty nineteen prelim, yeah. As the underdog, yep. In twenty nineteen, yeah. Look, we just ran out of legs in that game. Yeah, we just ran out of legs. I mean. Yeah, we won't go into that. We, we, we've got an upcoming grand final to look forward to. But Lockie Neal's yeah. been the talk of the whole league, pretty much. Look, he's going to win the Brownlow. But aside from that, 
internally here, we talk about players like Mitch Duncan and his lack of respect league-wise. And, yeah, unlucky to miss out on AA. Cam Guthrie's amazing season. Players in our defence that have stood up. Mark O'Connor. All these other players for the Cats that we shout out. On the flip side for them, sitting there is Hugh McGluggage, Jared Berry, who are the epitome of under, underrated players in the AFL as well. It, for mind, aside from age, just as underrated as some of our players that, that we say. Charlie Cameron has previously had field days against us. So is that as simple as Jed Buse goes to Cameron or would you want someone else maybe? O'Connor or smart move there? Paris Andrews in the back line. Do we look for Hawk simply to expose that? Um, and then you've got some grit in the midfield with a mixture of Lockie Neal alongside Zorko, alongside Mitch Robinson, um, Cam Rayner, from mid to forward as well. But as you say, Zach, there are players there where you, where you look and say, well, McStay, Coleman, Grant Birchall, extra long boy, Darcy Gardner, uh, Bailey, extra long Cats player, Lincoln McCarthy, um, Stasevich, Eric Hipwood, uh, Archie. Ryan Lester, he deserve of a of a premiership, maybe not individual yeah. paper. So we've got a better team yeah. than on paper, but that's been the story of years and years and years. And we can go back and talk about this for whether it be you want to assess twenty eleven to now, or whether you want to assess how many years to now or individual years aside. Um, Steph Martin will be a problem in the rough. So yeah, Reese has got his day. And Blitz, hopefully we keep him the forward for a section so Hawkins can chip in there. How are we feeling about that as well? And we haven't even talked about Daniel Rich, who's one of the best ball users out from the back, and the big O, Oscar McInerney. I'm hoping he won't do damage down the back. I don't see him doing damage down the back with how Taylor and Hendo performed this season. Quietly confident, Zach. I am. I think there's a lot of. I think there's some areas where we can really exploit them. I'll I'll take Mitch Robertson for example. Mitch Robertson's just a thug that plays footy. That that's all he is. So I think if you can get under his skin, you know, he can get ill disciplined at time, and then and they're the sort of things we can do. I mean, he's like there. Um, awesome. He's like there. He, he's like there wrecking ball in the middle. But again, if you unsettle him a bit, I mean, he's come from Carlton. You talk about lack of success. Carlton typify that also. But he hasn't really played in finals. You unsettle him, that'll throw their whole midfield out of me. McCluggage and Jared Berry, they're going to be absolute superstars in a couple of years, but they're not quite as big and as strong as a Mitch Duncan or a Menegola or as a Cam Guthrie. So we need to use that to our advantage. I think in terms of Charlie Cameron, I back Jed Buse in. I thought he was fantastic last week in our top three or four, I reckon. And I think the key for us down back is going to be Lockie Henderson. I would back him in against Hipwood or McInerney. I reckon he's had a great four or five weeks. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's the sort that can come in and intercept or go third man up. I actually reckon he'll be the key to our back six, his versatility in the way he plays. He's a smart player. Generally, if he plays well, the whole team seems pretty ordered in the defensive area. Um, 
Also, we know that Zorko is probably going to have a decent game. He always plays well against Geelong, as we always say, Zach. So let's let's see how that goes. They're quite, quietly confident. I think we deserve to, to feel quietly confident, but it's it's a one-off game. Who knows what could happen? And we're playing against a bunch of uh, precocious kids with, with with a smattering of you know decent veterans. Um, and and they're going to be they're going to be a very good football team possibly for for a while yet. Hopefully we can kind of jump them while they're while they're kind of just in their blooming or just kind of budding phase rather than a full bloom. If that makes sense. The the big advantage for us is we got a lot of players peaking at the right time. You got Stanley's yeah. at a good three or four weeks. Lockie Henderson's at a great you know month and a half. Jed Buse is hitting form. So, you know, a lot of people say that's how Hawthorne got over us in a way. They just had a lot of their good players peaking at the right time and we're a bit reminiscent of that now. So if we can keep that momentum going in, I think that's another thing we've got going in our favour. Yeah, Danger's in, in some good form and he'll, he's hungrier than anything. And I mean, and get, you, know that, yeah. you know that they're going to want to do it for him to a degree, but they're gonna wanna, they should want to do it for themselves as well, for the whole town, for everybody. Yeah, one thing I'm concerned about when it comes to the race Dangerfield there is in the media for the last couple of days, there's been talk with that the Cats are going to utilise Dangerfield forward a lot. And that's all fine and dandy when Collingwood don't turn up and you can chill it full forward and expose some of the defence and just crash. That just puts pressure on Menegola and Guthrie. But we're going to have to be on fire and... Look, we highlighted the, the, the Tom Atkins, Luke Dalhouse bounce in against the Port Adelaide match. Um, yeah, that, that's a, it's a little worry of mine when you ha- look at the mids that they have alongside Steph Martin. Colin Carter was in the news most recently, just talking about the rebuild from, from 2011 up. But the one thing that I talked about that was that he referenced that the one pick that they've had, uh, the top 10 pick, in the last 14 years has been cocky and they're in the mix again for another premiership. And also there's only four players from the 2011 squad, Taylor Hawkins, Duncan and Selwood. Gaz wasn't part of that. So it's a good rebuild. My last thing I want to say is don't, don't pad the stats. The 412 narrative, that's completely wrong. It's 812, 812. Of Scott from 2011 until now, it's a 40 percent ratio. 412, no, that you can't say from 2012 onwards. Mm. Eight wins, 12 losses, 20 yeah. in finals. On that note, though, go cats, go cats, go catters. Dressing our colours united away Up to the G, see the cats away To the station and on to the special At Jolly Montalite an electrical vibe March side by side 
Gong, on the cat, come on, belong, kick it straight and mark it strong. Go cats, we are too long, gone till dark, dark till dawn, by the flag and Twenty twenty, wake up still excited, dressed in our colours despite we're alone, cheering from home each week away. And turn up the good of being champions, work in the garden till grandstand is on. I'm proud to be my father. The final gong on the cats come on along kick it straight and mark it strong go cats we are Geelong dawn till dark and dark till dawn fly the flag and barricade cause it's dawn